Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ready! Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. We gotta have a drive. 23 left, 23 left. It's time for the Overtime Show with Nate Geary. All right, y'all, good evening. Welcome in to the Overtime Show. It feels like it's been a while since I've been here. I certainly haven't seen you, DJ, in quite some time. It's been a long time since they've been on a That's Sunday. That's right. Primetime games have taken over the nation. It's been a while since I've been back, but uh, glad to be here with you. The Bills, they get to 10 wins on the season. They get the win in the division. They exact their revenge against the New York Jets, and they win 20-12. to 12. They go to 10-3 and three on the season, and, you know, all attention now focused on next Saturday night. 803-0551-888-552-52. You know the drill. Give me a call. We'll talk about this. We'll we'll get through this game together. Hash it out before I take your phone calls. I'll let you I'll give you some time to fill up the phone lines. We got wide open phone lines again. Phone numbers 803-0551-888-552-550. Your numbers to call. Let me uh roll through Oh, what was a, I don't know, I mean, a frustrating game, and then it turned into an exciting game, and then back into a frustrating game, and, you know, I mean, that's just kind of where this Bills offense is right now. But let's start with the positives. And I'm going to start with my guy, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, in this game, finishes 441, has the touchdown at the end of the first half. It looked like they finally decided you know what, let's try to find some ways to get Dawson Knox the ball. And something that I've been, you know, basically screaming from the rooftops for the past month and a half is this guy is arguably your best yards after catch guy outside of, like, maybe like Isaiah McKenzie. And he proves it today. I mean, the things he's able to do after the catch, just not a lot of NFL tight ends have the ability to hurdle people. Not a lot of tight ends have the ability to run away, like, run away from NFL linebackers. That's what Dawson Knox does. Get him the ball more. Like, 4 for 41 is not enough for me. And in a game like today, where the weather and the conditions make throwing the football to the sidelines, those hard throws, like you saw this team offensively start to find its way when they got the quick passing game over the middle going, and they didn't go it, get it going until the last drive of the first half. Like you can't wait that long. You gotta get it going earlier. And Dawson Knox has got to be in December and going into January. If you're gonna use home field to your advantage, he's gotta be a big reason why. Like he just has to be. So good on him. Got Dawson Knox involved in this game plan. Thought that was an important one. Um, Next positive for me the offense taking care of the football. This has been a theme the last couple of weeks. They're figuring things out, they're becoming more confident. Josh Allen's becoming more confident. 
and they're not turning the football over the way they were earlier this season, you know, even dating back to that first matchup that they had. So I think that's a positive you could take from them. The Bills are taking care of the football. They're not turning the football over in the red zone, and they've become proficient in the red zone once again. They started three weeks ago at 27th in the NFL in the red zone. I think upcoming into this game, they were 14th, and they're probably going to increase that this week. So, yeah, red zone, taking care of the football, check, check. Um, Matt Milano, right, he, he should be absolutely 100% in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. He won't be, but he should. He has been so darn good all year. And maybe he won't be in that Defensive Player of the Year conversation because of the injuries, because he's missed some games. But my God, Matt Milano absolutely deserves the recognition. Any recognition he gets, he deserves more of. He has just been that good for this defense all year long. And speaking of special, speaking of all year long, Gregory Rousseau is special. He is special. When his team drafted him late in the first round, I don't know what the expectations were. He didn't play college football his last year at Miami. Led the nation in sacks the year before. He had all the size, all the intangibles, all the tools you want in a modern-day NFL edge rusher. And year one, it started off hot, and it tapered off in a big way. He gets the injury, what, during the Jets game. I think he played 15 plays in that Jets game, gets the injury, and then he never gets to come back with Von Miller in in the fold, which is too bad because I think Greg Rousseau and Von Miller as a tandem pass rush, whoo, that's good. That's good. It's too bad. I think, you know, hopefully next year we can get Von back and, you know, he can be what he was. But, man, I, just the future could not be brighter for the Bills, for Gregory Rousseau. Holy cow. He really took the game over today. It was impressive performance. All right. Time to flip it. Let's talk about the negatives. There were undoubtedly negatives in this football game. And as a reminder, I got a couple of open phone lines, 803 803- 0550-1888-552-550. Give us a shout. I'll get you on here in just a couple of minutes when I uh, when I finish through the negatives, which I, this is a little bit of a lengthier list. There were negatives from this game. And, I, and again, I, keeping in mind that the Bills are now 10-3, and 3, I host a sports radio show. You know, just to say, ah, who cares, 10-3. and 3, ah, That's pretty uncompelling radio, if you ask me. So what we're going to do is kind of run through the things that I believe could really hold this team back. Dane Jackson, man. Yikes, yikes, yikes. And I'm happy for whomever the reporter was. I mean, I think there were a couple of questions after the game. We'll hear from Sean McDermott later on. Asking about the trust level in Dane Jackson. If it's not wavering, it should be. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say anymore. Dane Jackson has got to come off the field. They drafted a first-round corner. They traded up for him. They got Christian Benford. I know he's hurt. He's on the IR. They go out. They sign Xavier Rhodes, who started ahead of Dane Jackson last week. All intents and purposes looked better. He is struggling right now. I am not here to tell you I think Dane Jackson's a bad football player. In fact, he's proven quite the opposite, that he can be reliable, that he can be very good at times. He is getting 
absolutely picked on each and every week. And if opposing offenses are walking into the game plan each week saying, that's the guy we're going after, and he has no answers, you've got to, they've got to make a shift here. They've got to make a change. He's not getting it done. I mean, every play that's made on the field is made at Dane Jackson. Something's got to be done. They got it. They got to figure. I just I don't know what the situation is with Kyrie Elam. I don't know if you know his practice habits are so bad that he simply can't be trusted to be on the field. But there's just I, I refuse to believe it can be as bad as it's been with Dane Jackson really since the second half of that Vikings game. The frustrating part, I mean, easily the most frustrating part, he's in position. That's the thing. Every play that they make on Dane Jackson, he's right there. His technique is perfect. He finds himself in the position often and can't make a play. And it just, to me, it's like the Leotis McKelvin conundrum all over again. A guy who finds himself and his technique in the perfect position time and time again and unable to make a play. Something's got to change there. Offense has still really not found their rhythm as well. This is an offense, I think, still really struggling. The word identity, to me, pops up when I think about this offense. An identity, not a crisis, so to speak. But listen, you know, you guys want to be mad that, you know, Jerry Sullivan asked a, a tough question, a mean question, and mean-spirited, whatever. He's right. It's not a Super Bowl offense right now. That's okay. They've got time to make it into a Super Bowl offense. I, they have the ceiling. They have a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. They have a Super Super Bowl-caliber wide receiver. But as a unit, as a whole, as the game plan unveils each and every week, this is not, right now, a Super Bowl offense. It's okay to acknowledge it. It's not the end of the world. We're not bad people for thinking it. We're observant. We're watching the games as they play out. The last six weeks, this has been as middling of middle of the road offenses as they go. It is. That's 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 that is the cold hard truth. This offense is not executing at a level that is good enough to win games in January. Equally true is they played that good football through the first six weeks of the year, and I have no reason to believe they can't get back there. But I've got serious concerns about this offensive coordinator. Man, it just, everything is so difficult. It looks like they're running the preseason offense still. Like vanilla. I mean, for God's sakes, to me, the the quote, and again, we'll also hear from Josh Allen later on again, if you've missed it. Josh Allen said after the game, when asked by Matt Bove, why they believe they're executing better and having more success in the two-minute drill when they're going no huddle. And what he said, I thought was interesting. He said, we don't give the defense an opportunity in those moments to run complex coverages. They can't communicate fast enough to put anything other than a basic defense out in the field, and they're controlling the pace. Which means, and at least anyway to me, is that when defenses can game plan for the offense and run the defenses and disguise the coverages they want, the Bills struggle to execute. But I want to maybe blame less about execution and more about setting up this offense for success. 
Now, a lot of drops today. And execution is, I mean, equal parts. You can't drop the football. And Isaiah McKenzie had several drops. Dawson Knox had a bad drop. Devin Singletary, who's adding a, a drop every week, had a bad drop. So I think this offense, these offensive numbers, Josh Allen's raw passing numbers, all of those things look better today if this team doesn't drop, I don't know, eight balls. I mean, that seems conservative. Seriously, that's how bad it was today. Now, conditions matter, but Coach McDermott said it after the game. Now, coaches are supposed to say this, by the way, that he's not blaming the conditions for the drop. You have to execute. you got to maintain your fundamentals. I agree. But where was the three-level concepts, the floods? They do it on the final drive of the first half. They walk right down the field, seven plays, 70 yards. Where was the short passing game for the six drives before that? Where was it? That, to me, is where I have great concern about the play calling and the situational awareness, that to me is maybe the worst part and the mo- and, the, and maybe the most concerning part for me is these end-of-game situations. I mean, it reared its head in, in at home a couple of weeks ago against the Vikings. They're up 27-10 to 10 and they lose because of the execution, the play calling, what they're doing offensively, and what they do at the end of games. I mean, I get it. They dialed up a play that if it was completed, they get the first down, Jets got a call timeout, game's over. Pretty much. Man, you got to be able to get three runs for 10 yards in the NFL today. You got to do it. At least run it three times and make sure they don't have a timeout. The Bills do this all the time. Where they're throwing the ball, taking no time off the clock. It's what let the Vikings back into that game. I just the execution, the understanding, sealing games, putting them away. Like where in those moments, I don't need cre- I don't need you outthinking yourself. I don't need you coming up with really cool, you know, misdirection pass plays. Run the damn ball and find creative ways to do that, so that teams got to call timeouts. I mean, they just, they gave it to the Vikings for whatever, four or five weeks ago. And they almost put it on a silver platter for the Jets again. Who got to get the ball back after the Bills go three and out in back-to-back drives, taking almost no time off the clock and getting almost no positive yardage. Two drives, negative four yards in the fourth quarter to, to close this game out. That is unacceptable. It's got to be better. And it starts with the upfront. I mean, the offensive line just it it did not really listen. I know you, you're missing Ryan Bates at um, during part of this game too. He goes out I think late in the second half, maybe like third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. But this is just an offensive line that listen. I, I'm concerned about Spencer Brown. I've got real concerns about him. I don't know if David Questenberry is any better. Uh, I really don't. But. Regression is the word that pops into my head. And I don't think he was like all pro last year or anything. Don't get me wrong. But it has not been good this year really at all for Spencer Brown. All right. It's time now to get connected with our fans. My spiel is over. Let's go to John in Rochester. John, welcome to the Overtime Show. Thanks, John. How are you? Good. 
You got me, Nate? I got you. What do you got for me, my friend? Good, man. I haven't talked I haven't talked to you in over a year. Um this game really got me. First of all, ten and three. Yep. First in first in the first in the East, first in the AFC. Uh, great. Everything's great. I understand it was raining out there today, but I saw a football team that played against another team in the Jets. Minus okay, Corey. Corey Davis went down early. Yep. Quinton Williams, the best player on the field, went down real early, right? George Fant was out. Um, he, he might have come back in. So we're playing against, you know, they lose three three major starters. Yep. And, and their best player. Uh, they're without Brees Hall. They're, they're without AV, AVT already. And they're without Mekhi Becton. Okay, I just named an offensive lineup almost. <laughs> you, you almost okay. named a whole team, yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, those are stars, right? Yeah. Does anybody think that this team with all those guys on that team don't, don't just snowplow us today off the field? Um, you know, that team that team played better than us today. Let's let's face it. Um, you know, we got people on our team, and you 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 so well put it. Um, McKenzie's not not an NFL slot receiver. He is not. I don't know why we can't get anybody on the field for him. Um, certainly, you know, we we go and we pick up. Uh, Naheem Hines, the guy caught the ball today and got killed. Josh let him into a uh, – you probably saw the shot. Yep, I, think it I was know the play. Williams. He held on to the ball, though, didn't he? He sure and did. And that guy yeah. can, can move. We know from punt returns that guy can move. James Cook, where I mean, why wasn't he used today? The guy's got good hands. McK- um, Singletary cannot catch the football out of the backfield. We know this. Every week he drops at least one. All right? He's a great little runner in the inside, but you're right. This OC has got a figure away to get McKenzie off the field, get get Hines and Cook on the field together like they were last week and for a couple of weeks. And I don't know what's going on, why we can't get that together. As far as the other guys, Knox is still stone hands. I mean, he still drops way too many passes. Thank God he did. He's so athletic. You watch him running that touchdown, and you're like, yeah, there's the guy we know we have, right? The guy we scored nine touchdowns and we paid 14 mil a year. Mm. You're the one always talking about it. Yep. 14 mil a year cannot be a blocker. I'm sorry. So, again, you know, Josh is running the ball. He's leaping over people. He gets a third and 16 when we no way should we ever got out of it. But what are we again? Two for 13 on third downs? Are two, you kidding Two me? for 13 on third down. They ran 54 plays to the Jets' 73, and the Jets had over 10 minutes more of time in possession in this game than the Bills. Right, and I think you pointed out also that that fourth quarter was was very disturbing, right? Yes, it was. I mean, they just went up and down the field on us. We can't get out of our own way. Against a good team, we're just not surviving. I mean, I I get it. We beat the Jets today, but I'll tell you what. The Jets played us twice. They've got our number. We better hope that that team doesn't get in as a wild card and come here. Because Heard that, man. Healthy, I am I am very worried with a healthy Corey Davis, a healthy Quinn Williams. The guy was, what did he have, two sacks? In the yeah, first, like yeah five he, he was wrecking the game plan for the Bills offensively earlier in this game. There's no doubt about it. John, thanks for the call. i got to get to uh, the locker room. Um, but I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. Uh, good to hear from you again. Yeah, listen, I mean, all those points I, I, I think are, are spot on. I think the concerns are valid. They're real. I think talking about them are – it's good to talk about the concerns that we all have, and I think they're all valid concerns. Again, the thing you worry about is, again, this is a, 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 another trend. I mean, it hasn't been really as of late. I thought they've run the ball conventionally much better than they have really at any time that Josh Allen's been the quarterback. But, again, Josh is leading the way in both rushing yards, attempts, rushing touchdowns, passing yards, passing touchdowns. I mean, just – 
today's the kind of day that if Josh Allen and Josh Allen maybe had his B game, his C plus game today, it was enough to win. But 4.3 yards of play, 130 passing yards, 100 yards rushing. They're the only team in the league right now that have 100 yards rushing each and every week. Thanks, Josh Allen. Two for 13 on first down, on third down. Two. This is a very. This is the t- best team in football on third down. So I, I sample size matters. This was the first really bad game they had on third down. But it's the fourth quarters. How they try to put away games that really, really concern me. They sh- they should really concern a lot of us because I I think John's right. I like against the Chiefs. That's not how you're going to win against the Chiefs. It's not how you're going to win against the Bengals in a couple of weeks. Just not. All right. Uh, we are going to hear from Shaq Lawson, uh, who spoke with the media after the game. Let me um, let me pull up uh, some stuff here. Okay. So we're going to go to the locker room. We're going to hear from Bills defensive end Shaq Lawson, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210. Bill, you said I'm going to do my fourth interview out here. Oh, yeah. I'm just talking to my dog. I mean, this game was a little personal for me. You know, I took this to heart. You know, um, I got cut last year or the last game of the season before we played Buffalo. And, I mean, I feel like it was just a shot to my face. So when I made that play, when I, every time I made, I let, just let the whole sideline over there hear me and feel me. You always do that, though, the energy you bring. Um, you, yeah, you but right? the, the energy was just a little bit different today. <laughs> it was something about it. It was just a little bit different. I had to let they whole sideline. After that set, that's why I celebrate so long. I probably ran 50 yards, but I was just letting them know I still got it. You know what I'm saying? that was going to happen last year? Like, well, totally out of the blue? Nah, that was out of the blue. It was out of the blue. It was just out of the blue, and, you know. I'm thinking I'm coming in, about to get ready to play Buffalo last game of the season. And I got cut on a Friday. So that was just kind of like a little shot in my face. What about the energy? What about the energy across the defensive line and defense with Vaughn out? You know it's the second game, but first one with him out for the season. What was the vibe amongst your group? Oh, man. You know, it, uh, Greg popped it off, then AJ. We all just fed off each other. And we knew coming in, it was going to be their D-line versus our D-line. Whoever D-line performed the better was going to win this game. And we made some crucial plays towards the end and stuff like that. Shaq, what does that do for the room as a whole, for this group's confidence moving forward with, now that you don't have Vaughn after a performance like that? Oh, yeah, it, just, it built our confidence up. You know, each week we, we continue to get better, you know, starting with the older guys and the younger guys between me and to all the way Boog, AJ, and Greg. We just feed off each other. Like, I'll be telling them boys, like, bro, I mean, they drafted y'all for a reason. Y'all got drafted first, second round for a reason. Like, if you think about it, all our DNs either first or second round picks uh, in the past. So, I mean, they drafted them, drafted them, and they bought me back for a reason. So, I feel like we could do it. And, and that's why I just tell them, boy, just have faith. Continue to have faith. You always want the offense humming. But defensively as a group, do you guys kind of take pride in shouldering the load like you did today? Yeah, you take pride in that. Yeah. You take pride because, you know, those them boys ran over us last, uh, last game. And... Me, I ain't set the edge a couple plays last game, so my whole goal was like, we need to stop this run, and, and we're going to finish on our end. Like, the last 40, 50 seconds, we were like, I told him, boy, I said, we're going to finish this game out. And AJ made a big play to knock the ball down, fourth down. I saw you embracing Mike after the game. What does it say about his toughness after the shots that he took to keep battling out there, Mike White? Man, Mike White tough. You know, uh, and I played with that guy last year. You know, he was a credible player. Um, I just told him, man, just told him I'm proud of you, man. I just seen where you came from. From the third depth chart quarterback to number one, like he won a couple games last year for them boys, and I just keep telling him to keep going, man. He showed that dog, you know. You know, most quarterbacks would have laid down and 
after the shaking head said no. But I just told him, keep going, keep working. All right, Bills defensive end, our uh, fan favorite, Shaq Lawson, there after the game. A reminder, uh, tomorrow on WGR, it's Buffalo Bills Football Monday, which, of course, is presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at northwestbank.com. You know the drill. Howard and Jeremy in the morning. Extra point show with Sale Capaccio, 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown, Steve Tasker at noon. Chopin Bulldog at 3. They'll have Eric Wood at 4. And then 8 p.m. Monday Night Football as Westwood Westwood 1 presents Patriots at the Cardinals. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. Also, quick reminder, be sure to catch Sale Capaccio as he texts you behind the scenes on Bills Game Day with Sal's All Access Facebook Live. It's right there on WGR's Facebook page. It's brought to you by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. I got open phone lines, 803-0550. Your numbers to call will get you your calls. Coming up next year, this is the Overtime Show on WGR. It wasn't pretty, but the Buffalo Bills make it four in a row thanks to a 20-12 win over the New York Jets, improving their record to 10-3 on the season and keeping the inside track on the one seed. Both teams sleepwalk through the first half, 10 combined punts between the two teams before Josh Allen connected with Dawson Knox before the end of the first half. While the Jets did tie it back up out of halftime, the Bills found the lead that they wouldn't relinquish thanks to Josh Allen rushing in for a score. The Bills did hold it the rest of the way to take the win against the Jets and improve to 2-2 two and two within their own division. Allen himself had a quiet day, 16 of 27 for 147 yards and a touchdown. Allen also led the ground game with 47 yards and a score on 10 carries. It was Knox leading the Bills in receiving four catches, 41 yards, and that touchdown that ended the first half. Jets quarterback Mike White tried to battle through injury to get the Jets a comeback attempt. 27 of 44 for 268 yards despite dealing with a rib injury. He left the game in an ambulance as a precaution. Sonovan Knight, 71 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries, leading the Jets while Garrett Wilson had six catches for 78 yards. Injury news for the Bills guard Ryan Bates left this game in the second half and did not return to action. What's next for the Bills? Yet another divisional game. This time they host the Miami Dolphins on a Saturday night with a chance to avenge their Week 3 loss in Miami. Around the NFL, the Cowboys needed a last-minute touchdown to survive a scare from the last-place Texans. They survived 27-23. to The Bengals put down the Browns 23-10. to The Lions won game back in the wildcard race, winners of 5-6 of six after a 34-23 win over Minnesota. The Ravens squeaked by Pittsburgh 16-14. The Jaguars beat down the Titans 36-22, while the Eagles dominate the New York Giants 48-22. Games going on in progress right now. The Broncos are back in this game against the Chiefs. Kansas City still leading 27-21 to as that one's in the third quarter. Also in the third quarter, it's a blowout in San Fran as the 49ers are up 35-0 on the Bucks. Meanwhile, the Panthers are still holding on to a lead against Seattle. That score is at 20-17. to This update brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. I'm Derek Kramer for WGR Sports Radio 550. Tough as nails. Guys love him for it. You know, a bunch of guys, you know, that have been out. Guys playing hurt. Not just Matt, but Matt, Matt had a uh, had a busy week in the training room and was out there and plays his butt off for his teammates. So I applaud him for it. There's head coach Sean McDermott. He was uh, talking about Matt Milano after the game. 
Bills get the 20-12 win over the New York Jets. Move back to 500 in the division. Yes, move back to 500 in the division, 2-2, two and two, with two games remaining left in the division next week, next Saturday, of course. I'm sure you guys knew about that next Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. And then they finish up the season at home against the New England Patriots. All right, 803-0550, your number's the call. Uh, Before I go back to the phones, let's get a quick eye on the quarterback, which is brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. In this game, Josh Allen, of course, that's who we'll, we'll keep the eye specifically on the quarterback. In this case, Josh Allen, 16 of 27. Just 147 yards and a score. He was sacked three times. He had a 51.2 QBR and a quarterback rating of 86.5. There's your eye on the quarterback. And let's get connected with our fans once again. And let's go to Mike, who's been waiting patiently. Mike, you're on the overtime show. I appreciate you waiting. What do you got for me, my friend? Uh, yes. Uh, I this, this third down and long uh, defense oh, is yeah. unsustainable if, if you're going to have any success. In the playoffs, you know this this defensive coordinator. I give him credit; he's been very good. And the pass defense, for the most part, over his tenure here, has been pretty good. But third down this year has been atrocious yeah, when it's, it's third bad. down and long. And, and you know, I think on the Jets' only touchdown today. They had two third and longs. One, I believe, was a third and ten, and there was another one, I believe, was third and twelve. They they were able to successfully get that, and then ended up with the with the touchdown. Now, we're, if we're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, uh, especially when the talent starts stepping up, uh, we're going to be in trouble. That's my uh, first point. And then the second point is, I don't know. Do the Bills realize that they can utilize the middle of the field? Uh, you know, I, you know, the You can utilize the middle of the field. You don't constantly have to throw to the sidelines all the time. It seems like the majority of the Bills' passes are to the sidelines, and yeah. that's you know, and that was even the same with uh, Dayball over his tenure here. It's I like, did in today's football. The way the rules are for the defense, you've got to be able to, you know, they pretty much got almost have a hands-off approach anymore. I mean, you've got to be able to utilize the middle of the field. Yeah, no, I agree. And th- thanks for the call, Mike. Listen, it's it's an area of frustration for me. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's something that you watch and you say, like, <sighs> it's probably my biggest complaint right now of the offense outside of how they're sealing games, how they're finishing games out. The middle of the field is the one area that they should be attacking with far more frequency, and they're not. I mean, they're just not. And it's frustrating. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. It's it's, it's frustrating because it feels like that's the area of the field that a guy like Cole Beasley did his most damage. And they decided not to fully replace Cole Beasley with one guy. They replaced him with Isaiah McKenzie. And they drafted a fifth-round guy, and they signed Jamison Crowder. And Crowder got hurt, what, two weeks into the season? I mean, who could have saw that coming? A guy that's, like, never played 16, 17 games. Um, I'm not not surprised that he, you know, got hurt and missed most of the season. Hopefully, the Bills will get him back. And listen, I think if they do, it could be a big thing for them. I, I actually, you know, 
John Brown got he beat Sauce Gardner today, and it was wet. Ball ended up hitting the ground, but like I'm interested in like I think a full time elevation for John Brown makes sense for me. He's not obviously going to bring you anything on special teams, and I think that's the tough part of the conversation. And Jacob Kumro is going to be back here in the next week, two weeks. He's going to have to be on, on the roster. He's one of your core special teams players, no doubt about it. Um, but I think for me, yeah, I I don't know what the answer is on how to be better over the middle of the field, but that's also not my job. Like That's the offensive coordinators, and that's the areas of the field you have to beat. The most frustrating part about over-the-middle stuff today is that's where they are the weakest. Their strength is at the boundary, the Jets. They have the two best boundary. They have the best boundary corner duo in football. Not that I think they just constantly tested it, but when they moved the football, that was the area of the field. It wasn't exactly over the middle, but it was inside. It was at the quarterback, which was Michael Carter. And not enough of it. Just not nearly enough of it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Let's grab one more before we go back to the locker room. we got a lot of calls to get to as well. So if you're hanging on hold, stick around. We will get to you tonight. Let's go to Doug. You're on the Overtime Show. Thanks for holding, Doug. Thanks, Nate. Yep. Uh, thanks for having me on. I understand all the criticism, but bottom line, we're 10-3. and three. Last year, we were 7-6. and six. Yep. This team has overcome a hell of a lot of adversity, injuries, schedule changes. I mean, I, I understand um, that we're not where we want to be. But I think we have the situation in hand where, where we can get better when guys get back and get healthy and um, and then uh, make make the run for the playoffs. Yeah, I'll hang I, up for your thoughts. Yeah, thanks for the call, Doug. And listen, like I, I I'm trying not to be come off as someone who just wants to complain all night. Again, I agree. Ten and three, they were seven and six last year. I mean, what a, a much much better position than they were in last year. Totally agree with you. But at the same time, I think some of the things we're talking about and seeing, the concerning thing for me is can they sustain some of the stuff, right? Getting off the field on third down, I think is a big issue for me. I mean, third and 12, third and 13, third and 15, they converted today. The New York Jets did. So, I mean, that that's a concern. And everything on offense, I think, is warranted. But I, I think, Doug, the point you made, which I, I think is an important one, is the adversity in how they've won the last couple of weeks, the way in which they've done it. I mean, winning three games in 12 days on the road has never been done in the NFL. Full, I mean, full stop. They've, they would never, first of all, they would never schedule three road games in a row, and they certainly wouldn't do it in three consecutive, three consecutive away games on, uh, in 12 days. So doing that and in, in making their way, again, by the way, against a not just a pesky Detroit Lions team, I think a playoff Detroit Lions team. They're good. So, you know, they they beat up on a well, not beat up on, but they 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 beat the Cleveland Browns with a better quarterback than they've currently got on the field right now. I can promise you that. Jacoby Brissett. Not a scumbag and uh better at football, at least through two games than Deshaun Watson has been. So sad. Too bad, so sad. All right. Uh if you're hanging on hold, stick around. I'm gonna get to you. We're gonna go to the locker room though. Because the big man, Daquan Jones, who during the game I tweeted, really might be the best free agent signing of the Brandon Bean era. He really, really might be. So let's go to the locker room, hear from Daquan Jones, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. You had the um, the first fumble recovery. Kind of walk me through that play. What did you see? Um, came off the ball, double team there. and um, But Greg, Greg did a good job of beating the guy on the edge and came over and fat fumble and just saw the ball and dove on it. So... 
great, great, great thing. We, we were preaching all week about how we needed more turnovers on defense. And to come out there and get that, and especially in our, in our room in the D-line, was huge. Can you take us into the last five days, what it's been like for your group in particular, and the way, and your kind of first impressions of the way that especially these young guys came out and responded to some adversity? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough when you lose a, a player like Vaughn, obviously, right? And um, But at the same time, we're all very conf- confident in our ability to go out there and, and affect the passer and, and stop the run. And um, just to see everyone this week kind of like, you know, put the extra effort in and go into the meeting and, and watch more film and stay longer and just do the little stuff right, uh, I think it showed up a, a lot today of a confidence builder is to see the results, reap the rewards of the work, and, and see one week in, or I guess two now, how you guys can look without Vaughn? I mean, it's huge. I mean, I, I, I think it gives everyone, again, this confidence going into next week and knowing that we can go out there and do this, especially for the young guys. And I'm just happy they all went out there and played well today. And, you know, we got the win, and now on to Miami. Mike took a lot of licks and was kind of surprised to see him come back out there. I mean, just, you know, kind of what did you any sense uh, – that he was uh, hurting a little by the end. Uh, I mean, I wasn't worried about that, but you know, this is a, you know, a testament to his heart and, and his competitiveness to go back there and play and you know try to win his team the game. Um, but you know, we we just uh, knew we had to do go out there and keep rushing and keep trying to get to the quarterback and get many hits as, uh, as possible. And then, what did you think of? You, you might have been asked, but Greg Greg Rousseau and his just overall impact. Today. I mean, yeah, I mean, his growth is unbelievable, and every week he uh, he puts the work in for sure in practice and. Uh, you can see him over there work on the stuff he wants to work on in the game, and, and to see it show up, it just, it's a huge testament to his character. Shaq always has plenty of juice going yeah. into the game. He said it was this was the Jets, so he had a little yeah. a little extra to yeah, prove. Yeah. Could you feel that? Yeah, for him, it's a little more personal than everybody else, but um, the, him to go out there and get a sack like he did, I mean, you know, we're all excited for him and happy for him and, and just happy it played out that way. How nice was it to get back in front of these fans? It's been a month since you guys played here. I know. I mean, it, it really felt like our first home game of the year, you know what I mean? But uh, it, it was great to be out there and – I mean, that fan base is just crazy. You know, to be able to experience that for the first time this year uh, fully and um, just be out there and, you know, whenever you make a play, offense, defense, I mean, it, it erupts. And, man, it feels like you're back in college all over again. So, I mean, I loved it. All right, that is Bill's defensive tackle, Daquan Jones. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. I got open phone lines at 803-0550, If you want your thoughts in, now's the time to give us a call. And uh, we'll do that, and um, I don't know, we'll talk some more, do the good thing, fight the good fight. All that's coming up next here. This is the Overtime Show on WGR. gang welcome back almost had sports talk saturday it is not i assure you saturday or sports talk saturday it is the overtime show here on wgr nick Erie here in our duntire studios hanging out with you for uh, about another hour we're going to take another phone call uh we've got an open phone line looks like we got some um some lovely folks calling in we'll get to all of your calls on the other side i'm gonna take a phone call here and then grab a bunch more on the other side. Um, so if uh, if you got thoughts, you want to talk about the game, I'm I'm happy to uh, to listen to you. Let's go to Walter, who's been waiting ever so patiently. Walter, you're on the overtime show. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for listening, man. Appreciate you. Oh yeah, I love listening to your show, Nate. Thanks, man. Um, I remember a couple of weeks back, I, I had called and uh, you you had uh, mentioned how Dorsey wasn't giving Josh Allen any any so-called layups, mm. right? Yes. 
And, and I thought and I, that kind of resonated with me because here we are, we, we got to kill the clock and we start with a pass play, right? Now the whole world's thinking, okay, these guys are going to run three plays because they want to burn the clock. So in, in a way, a pass play is, is, is probably a good call because it's not expected, but why call that pass play? Like, it, 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 you know, uh, that would have been really, off. Walter, that would have been a great call at any other situation in the game other than when, you know, like, I, I just need you to run the clock out and force the other team to call their timeouts. Yeah, and, uh, like, and get 10 right. yards. Or, or, you, or you want an easy completion because yeah. you want the clock running. Right. And, and, and you know, and they, and they throw that fade. And, and, and that my point is, I think the, this mo- these moments are just too big for, for Dorsey. I don't think he has enough seasoning. I mean, obviously, it's his first year as an OC. Yeah. And uh, I think in the, it's it might it may be our demise. I mean, I hate to be calling you in a month. I know, I know. <laughs> it sucks because we're you know, Walter. It's like you want to feel you want to feel good because the Bills won. And I don't know how many years you know you would call in or anyone else would call into this show, right? And and they're eight and eight or nine and seven or worse, right? And like you, you looking back, like how much you'd love to be talking about a you know twenty to twelve win in December, playing meaningful football. And like I want to maintain and like agree that all those things are true, and we do. I do appreciate it, right? But at the same time, it's just. It's a, it's a recognition and an understanding that the bar has simply raised for this team. And rightfully so. They are a Super Bowl contender and mostly a Super Bowl favorite. So with that comes a level of expectation that you just want to see them play at their best or as close to their ceiling as much as possible. And we just, especially offensively, Walter, haven't seen them do that enough. No, absolutely. I mean, this is a seminal moment for us I mean, with, with Allen. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and we can't just say, oh, well, we had 17 years of drought. So we should be happy with, with right. that. No, I think our expectations are, are high, and they should be. And like I said, I, I just hope this moment isn't too much for a, a rookie, uh, you know, offensive coordinator. But I guess time will tell. <laughs> it certainly will, my friend. I appreciate you, Walter. Enjoy your evening, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Happy holidays to you and your family. All right, we're going to take a timeout, and uh, if you're hanging out on hold, I will get to you, so don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. We'll get you another update. We'll... Hear from AJ Afanessa, uh, Dion Dawkins, Punter Sam Martin, Damar Hamlin, Josh Allen, and head coach Sean McDermott. All coming up next hour as well. So a busy hour ahead here on the Overtime Show on WGR. Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go. Here we go. It's time for the Overtime Show with Nate Geary. Okay, y'all. Hour two of the Overtime Show coming your way right meow. The Bills win 20-12. First home game since 1994. Can you believe that? Just kidding. I mean, it just it was a couple certainly weeks. certainly felt that way. It certainly, it certainly felt that way. Before I go to the phones, I want to remind everybody tomorrow on WGR, Buffalo Bills Football Monday, presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at NorthwestBank.com. You know the deal. Howard and Jeremy breaking the game down in the morning. Extra point show with Sal Capaccio at 10, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown, Steve Tasker at noon, show from Bulldog at 3. They'll have Eric Wood at 4. And then 8 p.m., Monday Night Football, Westwood One presents Patriots at the Cardinals. Buffalo Bills Football Monday, all day tomorrow, on the home of the Bills. 
WGR Sports Radio 550. Time to get connected with our fans. We've got some phone calls to get to, so let's do it. Lee, you're starting us off this hour. What do you got for me, Lee? Hey, um, first, we're 10 and 3. I'm going to keep that in perspective. Okay, good. However, now, using your basketball analogy of, of the layups, I think Dorsey is dialing up the plays to get Josh the layups, but he wants to shoot the three. Now, I don't have a problem with him shooting the three, but just like basketball, it opens up your layup Mm -hmm. and vice versa. I think Josh, if you look at the game today, he missed Cook on a flat. He missed Dawson Knox a couple times, one to the left flat and one in the middle. He's always missing Dawson in the middle of the field. So he's opting to shoot the three instead of taking the layup. But again, we're ten and three, and JA is doing his thing. We're moving to right directions, and we're getting healthy. So, Bills Mafia all day, bro. Yeah, thanks for the call, Lee. I appreciate you. I I want to maybe. I, I first of all, I, I like the analogy. I think it's a good one. Uh, here's where I want to say I need the offensive coordinator to be better. Is building in layups that are designed layups, right? Because you almost, with a player like Josh Allen, like Steph Curry, you almost have to save them from themselves. And what I mean by that is they are so talented, so gifted at doing all those really difficult things. Like, imagine, okay, here's here's a good example, right? For me, sometimes what this offense feels like is you're driving a Ferrari in the school zone. Right? Like, you want to be on the Audubon. You want to be on the 219. You want to be driving... 90, you're, you have a Ferrari, you want to drive it 90 miles per hour. You don't want to drive it five miles per hour through a school zone. You just don't. And, like, if you're Josh Allen, that's what you always want to do. You want to drive the Ferrari as fast as possible all the time. And when you're the coordinator of a quarterback like Josh Allen, you got to be able to save him from himself. you got to be able to build in plays that you just say, Josh, I need you to go here on this, and it's designed to go here. Here's the first read. If it's not there, run. But build in concepts that are easier for him to get those layups. I So, that again, that, that that's where I fall on the – I need it from the coordinator as well as from the quarterback. But, like, that's – at least that's where I'm looking at this thing. And, you know, it is what it is. They – Again, I, I love your point. They still they, they score enough points to win, and that is all that matters, right, at the end of the day. But this is an offense we're just so used to being unstoppable, and it can be weird watching them and feeling like they look stoppable, right? And that's kind of where we've been. So, but thanks for the call, Lee. I appreciate you. Let's go to Pete. Pete, you're on the overtime show. Thanks for hanging out on hold, Pete. What do you got for me, brother? Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, yeah, to respond to your, the point you, ju- you just raised, I mean, I think you got to give the Jets a lot of credit. They're a, a really good defense, and I guess two other things. They uh, it's the second time we played them, and I don't know if you can really uh, put the throttle all the way down on an offense when the the weather's so bad. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills played pretty well, but you know, the reason why I wanted to call is, I mean, I think the defense has played absolutely exceptional, and they look like a bunch of headhunters out there. Oof particularly on the D-line. I mean, they were just – I think this is the third time in, like, the last season and a half where they have knocked out the opposing uh, divisional and opponent's uh, quarterback. I mean, they just – they're just assaulting those guys out there. And I think Edmonds I – don't, I don't know what's going on with Edmonds, but he, he's just playing, it seems, a lot more quickly and a lot faster out there and a lot more aggressively. I mean, I think the defense – 
um, has just looked. I mean, they don't have Miller anymore, which stinks, but the rest of those guys look phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for the call, Pete. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I've got some complaints about the defense getting off the field on third down, and, you know, there's some plays out there where you're just not just not generating enough pressure um, when you're rushing four, and I don't think they they don't do particularly well getting home when they're blitzing five, um, or they're, they're blitzing one guy and they're bringing that extra blitzer. I, like, But, yeah, I mean, the defense today, I mean, they, they brought the pad level down today. They brought the thunder today no doubt about that so yeah I I like where the defense is headed I think that I, I'm I'm really enjoying what I've seen from Greg Rousseau I mean Greg Rousseau is playing his best football he's still so young I think he's still developing in a lot of a lot of ways as well um, but yeah listen I mean here's my thought about the weather and the weather is supposed to be your equalizer not the equalizer of you right like these are supposed to be your conditions and not being able to throw. Listen, I I want to tell you how difficult it is to throw the football in the weather that was like it was today. I mean, the ball is soaking wet. And what happens when an NFL leather football gets as wet as it has it, it was all game is they get heavier. They get waterlogged. They get heavy. And it becomes harder and harder to throw the football. Something to think about. Let's go to Fred. Fred, you're on the overtime show. What do you got for me, Fred? Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Um, way too much hype right from the beginning. Um, they were anointed um, Super Bowl champs before they even played a That's game. That's right. <laughs> you, you got you got to play 17 games. Things happen. Are there problems? Of course there are. Um, if this had been Super Bowl, regardless who they played or whatever, would anybody care? Of course not. But you know, <laughs> they're ten and three for. 18 years, we would have taken 10 and 3. Oh, 100%. You know, and I get it. You know, there's supposed to be this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, what's Kansas City doing right now? They're not tearing the world up in this particular game. You know what, Fred? I'm really really glad you brought up Kansas City. Because I think this is a point that I know I feel like I've wanted to make. I know that I've heard fans make, which is – well, the Bills are winning ugly. How come no one says anything when Kansas City win, wins ugly? When Patrick Mahomes throws three interceptions against a divisional opponent, how come no one talks about that, right? So, you know, so-called the best or whatever. And maybe he is. I don't know. You know, um, what the hell do I know? But, <laughs> you know, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, it's a long season. Things There are too many variables involved. And there's too much, you know, and <laughs> – you know, I hate to say this, but, you know, a lot of it's got to do with gambling. Mm. And that's fine. Yep. You know, the numbers, you know, are all about gambling. And I love to gamble just like the next guy. But, you know, they didn't even play a game and they were anointed Super Bowl champs. Well, God forbid they, you know, don't live up to that. You know, if this was a Super Bowl, would anybody complain? Of course no, not. No, of course not. Yeah, thanks thanks for the call, Fred. I and listen, I, I wanted to kind of expand on the Kansas City po- uh, point of this. Do you want to know why no one says, "Well, what's wrong with Kansas City? They're they had a twenty-seven to nothing lead. They gave it up, and Patrick Mahomes three interceptions. He's looked sloppy. They have the th- I think the second or third most turnovers in football since Week Eight. No one really talks about that. You want to know why? They've won. They won a Super Bowl. 
the Bills are still chasing that. And I think until the Bills do it, do the thing, which is beat them, Kansas City that is, and they win a Super Bowl, then you get the benefit of the doubt in a season like this where you're still really good and you're still winning games and you're winning them ugly. But you kind of don't get the benefit of the doubt until you did the thing. And I think, I think that's fair. I really do. I do think it's fair. But yeah, I mean, they, they, they got to win the thing. They got to do the thing. And I think when they do that, a lot of the picky and me nitpicking and everyone nitpicking and, and being angry after a win, I think that stuff kind of goes away after you win one. At least I think so. I don't know. I've never won one. Well, that's not true. Uh, I was a Kansas City Royals fan, and they won in 2015. And now I don't care about them at all, really. I mean, they're terrible. Uh, but I don't really care about baseball at all, partially because it's boring, but secondarily because my team is no longer good. They they have fully heel turn. I mean, they're the worst team in baseball. Isn't it nice to have a team like that where you can just casually dip Move in at some times? Away. And then when they're not good, it's like, okay. It's like, you know what it's like? I'd it's, love to do that for this team. It's like <laughs> it's like male best friends. Uh, did you see the tweet? That was a great tweet. It was a good tweet. Like, male men and their best friends, you talk like what? Never? Like, four? Like, I, it's funny. I was I, My response to that is, it's so true. Me and my best friend, I got, a, you know, two guys that I would really consider, like, my best friends. You know what? We talk once a month on the phone. He'll call me. I'll call him. We'll talk. I'm the godfather to his child, his firstborn child. We talk once a month. We still answer the phone the same way we've been answering the phone for 15 years. And we hang up. We don't talk again for another month. We meet quarterly, once a quarter, four times a year. Do you exchange reports? You ex- we exchange earning reports. And we go our separate ways. It's the beautiful thing about male friendships. We expect nothing of each other, and you know you're not going to give anything in return. It's great. It uh, is. I mean, you're my friend. I think I I don't text you or anything. Nope, I'm don't I, like need to. I come here. I see you on Sunday, and it's like gabagool. Right, Pete. exactly. Great to see you. I'm you know, not quite Italian. But no, exactly. but you, you get it. <laughs> and, and it's funny the thing about you know sports teams, especially as men. We have lots of them. I mean, I've got more than one. I've got, you know, half a dozen, maybe a couple of more sports teams I love. And after my team won it, I was like, all right, I'm good with baseball now. I don't need anything. No, it would never happen if the Bills won. But, you know, it's Kansas City. It's not Buffalo. You have your one team that you're just going to kind of stick with, and that's that's the Bills. But you have these other teams that are like, yeah, I like them. Oh, cool, they won. Ah, they're bad now. Eh, that's fine. Whatever. That's right. That's Can't right. do that with Buffalo. Can't, won't. Can't, won't. All right. Uh, we are going to cut to the locker room because we have a riveting conversation with Bill's punter, Sam Martin, that everyone needs to hear. I- I'm just kidding. I-, I don't even really know what he said. I, I just know that he is available, so we're going to we're gonna bring him to you next. And Sam Martin is brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. 27 times coming into the game, and felt like in the first quarter they were calling on you quite a bit there. Um, you know, when you have a game where you're, you know, they're calling your number maybe more so than they had in the past, what's your mindset? And um, I, honestly, I go into every game expecting to punt 100 times. You know, you can't, I can't, I can't uh, always, you know, that's, that's probably been the hardest thing, you know, playing with such a good offense is um, managing those type of expectations. And I can't go out there expect to punt once or twice or three times and then you have a game like this. So I try going into every game, just expect to be called on when I'm called on and and do my job whenever I need to. From the comfort of the press box, it looked like a pretty miserable day out there. Just what were the conditions like for you? 
Um, well, I mean, it's there's always conditions in this stadium, um, and you know the the positive about it is, you know, I got enough games under my belt now where you know, Reed and, and uh, Tyler do a great job, um, kind of telling me, help me out with the wins and everything, and um, so you're always you're always fighting that. Uh, and the biggest thing with it is just your warm up and at halftime, trial and error, you know, seeing what's works, what balls are moving with the wind this way, what are going that way, and kind of come up with a game plan for you to get out there. So when you get out, you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. When 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 they have one blocked and then you have to go back out there right away in the shadow of your own end zone again, what's going through your mind or the punt team's mind to make sure you get that one off? Um, you know, speaking for myself, I try treating every punt the same. You know, a punt gets blocked, I can't let that weigh on me. Um, you know, like rush myself, bad drop, bad swing, whatever that may be. I just got to do what I do. I trust myself, trust my off time. I got a great snapper, puts it right on me. So um, the goal there is to kind of forget it happened, move on to the next one. How's the holding in these conditions as well? We talk about punting, but you got to hold too. Uh, well, T- typically the game balls they do a good job of keeping them fairly dry, um, and when you got a snapper like Reed, you know he puts it right on the spot every time. So my goal is just to put it on the spot, give the right lean for Tyler to finish the job. But um, you know we practice this, we practice it. You know we have practices like with this weather all the time here, um, and then when we don't, we practice wet ball and, and we go through it. So honestly, it's, it makes it harder, but it's nothing we're not we're not ready for. All right, Bills punter Sam Martin. I've got one more for you here before we take a timeout, too, uh, in the locker room. Let's go with... You guys would want to hear from Deion Dawkins had a tough game today. Let's hear what Deion Dawkins has to say. Deion Dawkins, and it's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. Is taking it, the 240-pound train going there. I mean, just kind of, what did you see on that play? And do you feel like, you know, a little bit of a crease is all I'm going to need here? Well, I appreciate you for saying that I pulled... uh, Roger pulled first. I pulled behind Roger. So it was both me and Roger as well as the rest of the O-line. And uh, any time that the the scheme can move their big guys around and run around and let the big guy behind us run, you know, it's a it's a good day. On the surface, it looks like a quote-unquote ugly win. But what are the positives from a performance like this? Uh, the positives is that we got to win with beating ourselves. And... Uh, we're, like we're gonna learn from from it. Like we hate when we beat ourselves and when it's when it's ugly. But as any competitor does, like like we're competitors, you know. Like we're out there to to win. Things go good sometimes, and things and go bad. And uh, we understand that that we're far and from perfect. But the good thing is that tomorrow, you know, like we can get in and craft it up and try to you know make it just that much better for this this upcoming Saturday. How nice was it to get back home in front of these fans after being on the road for those games? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I didn't even, like, realize that this is, like, our first home game in, like, a month. So, uh, and I think that this is our fifth home game in the whole season. So, um, it's it's beautiful. And you guys know me well. Like, I love these fans. I love Buffalo. And any time where you can be in a comfortable environment, it's a plus. Game was scoreless there in the first half, and you guys run a play that gets Mosley to jump off sides there. How big was that? Because it leads to the touchdown. And is that something you guys obviously have worked on in a while, for a while? I mean, uh, it's all scheme. Like, we have our trick plays, too, just as well as, as they have theirs. And uh, Dawson does a great job every time he does that. He gets us to jump just as much as the defense. And today, you know, we just pulled out a plus and not a minus. How did you come through the game physically? Good. You know, I'm standing – I'm standing tall, you know, the ankle feels great, and uh, I was able to protect in 17. That's all that matters. You mentioned during the week that when you initially got hurt, you thought it could be longer than this. So to get back after missing just one game, how big is that for you personally? Mindset, you know, it really is just uh, a mindset and, and trusting in my uh, trainers, Nate, Denny, and all of like those guys that uh, has helped me throughout this whole week, you know. 
uh, I'm extremely thankful. Like, like, like they, like they thought that I would like be out for three weeks, and it took me a week. You know, I'm thankful to God for real. All right, that is Deion Dawkins again. That was following today's uh, 20 to 12 win. We've got one more. We're going to go back to the locker room to hear, and we're going to hear from Bill Safety Demar Hamlin. It's brought to you by Buffalo Labor's Local 210. I know you guys didn't have Vaughn last game, but obviously this is the first game after he's been announced as gone for the year. How proud of the way uh, a lot of young guys up front stepped up in this game and you know made some big plays? Uh, super proud, you know. But that's just the standard, you know. As you see. Um, We've been we've been losing superstars since the beginning of the season, so it's just a standard that we got throughout our throughout our um, our our program, you know. And next man up mentality. What, what was it about Epinesa and Greg today that kind of helped them break through and make those big plays? Uh, just game mindset, really. You know, just mindset, just just stopping the run and then affecting the quarterback. Um, that's that's what we preach every day, all day. You know, so just hitting the field one one play at a time, having that mindset. You know, they was able to make them plays today. Take us through the fourth quarter, drive after drive. You guys had to go back out there and kind of finish the game, basically, on defense, and what's that like for you? Uh, whatever it takes to win the game, you know. If it's Whether it's we have 30 or the defense got to get it done, you know, just whatever it takes, you know. That's the mindset. How much fun to be back at home? I know it's been a long, long time, so you've been in front of this crowd. How good was that? Yeah, real fun, you know. Uh, just getting that crowd into the game, it just makes you want to make a play that much more. I'm sorry if I missed this before I walked up, but the forced fumble, can you just take me through that play? Um, you know, I just seen an opportunity uh, for a punch out. You know, so anytime I'm trying to make a tackle, uh, I'm I'm trying to get the ball out. So you know, I was just opportunity. He was stumbling, and I, I punched it out. Kind of like when did you know that you had it? Like I mean, you were so low too, just trying to get. Oh it yeah, there. yeah. I really did. I didn't know that I actually uh, got it out until I rolled over and seen my teammates with the ball. So. Kind of like, the, like the peanut punch, basically. It's the peanut punch. I mean, you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is that just something you guys work on a lot, isn't it? Yeah, we start our week off with turnovers, and and you know, so it's a it's a emphasis on our team for sure. Demar, with the conditions and everything that was going on, and just with the field today, I mean, what do you learn, and what do you take away about how you know resilient this defense is from a performance like today? Uh, me personally, or the defense? Overall, you personally and overall. Uh, me personally, I would just say uh, play your game. You know, uh, through the ups and downs, you know, every play is not going to go how you want it to go. Every game is not going go how you want it to go but play your game do what got you here do what do what you do best stick to it even when it's not working you know because that's that's who you are all right bill safety damar hamlin i'm gonna take a timeout on the other side we've got let's see bill's head coach sean mcdermott coming up next and then we'll finish off with josh allen so we've got uh, a couple more to get to here on the overtime show don't go anywhere here on wgr Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 